Hello and welcome to Proximo's weekly podcast. This is your news host, Paige Chisholm, reporting from London. Today is Monday, March 7th, 2022. This week, Proximo is back in Miami. Proximo Latin America 2022 Energy and Infrastructure Finance kicks off this Thursday, March 10th at the East Hotel. We're getting very close to hitting capacity, so be sure to reach out to a member of the Proximo's team to secure your place today. Here are your top stories this week. In the Americas, further details have emerged on the sponsor lineups behind the provisional winners for the six New York Bite leases auctioned by the U.S. Bureau of Ocean Energy Management, BOEM, for offshore wind projects. The first lease area was awarded to Ocean Winds East, OW East, with a bid of 765 million U.S. dollars and is estimated to accommodate 1.7 gigawatts of capacity. It is located 38 miles off the coast of New York and 53 miles off the coast of New Jersey. OW East is formed of the EDP Renewables and NG partnership Ocean Winds, together with global infrastructure partners. The second lease area was won by Total Energies and NBW with a 795 million US dollar bid. The lease is located 87 kilometers from the coast and could accommodate a generation capacity of at least three gigawatts. NBW has subsequently decided to refocus its activity on Europe and has agreed to sell its interest in the concession to Total Energies. The Bitewind joint venture between RWE and National Grid secured the largest site with a bid of 1.1 billion US dollars. This third lease area has the potential to host three gigawatts of capacity. Atlantic Shores Offshore Windbite is the provisional winner of the fourth block with a bid of 780 million US dollars. It is expected to support 1.5 gigawatts of generation. The bidding entity represents Atlantic Shores Offshore Wind, a 50-50 joint venture between Shell New Energies US and EDFRE Offshore Development. Invenergy Wind Offshore, led by project sponsors Invenergy and Energy Re, was named provisional winner of the fifth seabed lease with a bid of 645 million US dollars. Invenergy will serve as lead developer of the project, while a consortium of investors, including Blackstone Infrastructure Partners, CDPQ, First Light Power, and Ulico Infrastructure Fund will provide funding for the project. Mid-Atlantic Offshore Wind, a company owned by Copenhagen Infrastructure Partners, CI4 Fund, has been awarded the sixth seabed lease with a bid of 285 million US dollars. In the Asia Pacific, Iberdrola Australia has confirmed that work on the 145 megawatt Flyers Creek wind farm in Central West New South Wales is expected to begin in March. The 38 wind turbine project was originally developed by Infigen before Iberdrola acquired the company last year. Flyers Creek has been in the development pipeline for almost a decade and its financial close was deferred in May 2020 in the wake of the pandemic. Iberdrola did not specify how much it was spending to progress Flyers Creek, but it did note that its combined investments in the Port Augusta Renewable Energy Park in South Australia, Avonlea Solar Farm, and Walgrove Battery in New South Wales and Flyers Creek represented a capital commitment in excess of 1 billion Australian dollars. JBIC is investing up to 100 million euros in clean H2 Infra Fund of France, which is targeting 1.5 billion euros. The fund will invest in clean hydrogen-related projects around the world, from upstream projects such as green hydrogen production to downstream projects including captive fleet and refueling stations. The fund is managed by Hi24, which is an equally owned joint venture by 5T Hydrogen, an investment manager specializing purely in clean hydrogen investments, and Ardian. 
the policy of the fund is to invest in hydrogen-related projects that conform to one of the six environmental objectives of the EU taxonomy, quote, climate change mitigation, unquote. And it will have sustainable investment as an objective in accordance with Article 9 of the SFDR regulation. The fund has already been committed to by the likes of Air Liquid, Total Energies, Bonsi Concessions, Plug Power, Baker Hughes, Chart Industries, AXA, CCR, Lot Chemicals, SNAM, Enagas, GRT Gas, ADP, Ballard, EDF, and Schaeffler. And in Europe, BP is exiting its stake in Russian state-owned oil company Rosneft days after coming under pressure from the UK government over its involvement with Russia. The value of the stake was estimated at 14 billion US dollars, approximately 10.4 billion GBP at the end of last year. The London headquartered oil firm is offloading its 19.75% voting stake in Rosneft, noting that Russia's invasion of Ukraine represented a, quote, fundamental change, unquote, in relations with Moscow. It is unclear who BP would sell it to. BP chief executive Bernard Looney is also resigning from the Rosneft board with, quote, immediate effect, unquote. Former BP chief executive Bob Dudley has also resigned from the Rosneft board, which is chaired by the former German chancellor Gerard Schroeder and run by Igor Sechin, a close ally of the Russian president Vladimir Putin. The move will not be without significant financial repercussions for BP. As a result, the company said it would no longer recognize a share of Rosneft's income, production, or reserves. BP said it would write down up to 25 billion US dollars at the end of the first quarter of 2022 following its exit, which it will report to investors in May. The impact is likely to be lasting. Rosneft accounted for almost a fifth of BP's bumper 12.8 billion US dollar profits for 2021 and in its latest set of annual results, contributing to some 2.7 billion US dollars. BP's chairman, Helge Lund, said, quote, Russia's attack on Ukraine is an act of aggression, which is having tragic consequences across the region. BP has operated in Russia for over 30 years, working with brilliant Russian colleagues. However, this military action represents a fundamental change." Unquote. And finally, Dutch gas infrastructure company Gasuni and the German lender KFW have signed a deal to start construction of an LNG terminal in Brunsbüttel, northern Germany. Gasuni LNG, Vopak LNG, and oil tanking formed the German LNG terminal as a joint venture. The project specially includes a jetty with two berths for vessels up to Qmax size, and facilities for distribution of LNG by tankers, railway tanker wagons, and small vessels. The terminal will serve the import and onward distribution of LNG. It will have two LNG tanks with a capacity of 165,000 cubic meters each and an LNG regasification plant. Its annual regasification capacity of 8 billion cubic meters is to provide a possibility to import gas directly to the German market. In this way, the project will improve Germany's energy security. Citing the important role of gas as a transitional fuel, Germany's Minister for Energy and Climate Protection, Robert Habeck, said the goal was to, quote, reduce dependence on Russian imports as quickly as possible. Russia's war of aggression against Ukraine, at the latest, makes this imperative, unquote. The terminal is expected to enter into operations by 2024 at the earliest, as multiple domestic and EU hurdles must be overcome before construction can begin. That's all for this week. Thanks so much for listening.